right, y'all, get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. I am one of your hosts, Mr. David Coker, proprietor of Dave Mark Inc., marketing specialist, um, event planner, man about town, and all-around good guy. I'm here with my partner, Mr. Leonard Young. What's going on, brother? Man, <clears throat> everything is good. This is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide. DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist, and the one-year anniversary all-around good guy. <laughs> Dave, you, you <laughs> had to get that in. Yeah, I did. I did. All right. How's well, everything going? Heard, uh, well, I, well, I'm good, man. Hey, hey it's our okay. anniversary, man. I, I you know. know. We should be Tony, little, Tony, Tony around here. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, that's what we should be playing. Look, we should have brought them on today. Oh, uh, we, we should have. <laughs> well, you know, it, if I was thinking, I should have had the music queued up. But yeah, now, I, know. You have, yeah. I know, but that's that's you that's you not doing your job. But, but anyway. No, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but, um, hey, maybe, maybe you can cue it out. We can play it on the way out. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll All right. do. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, but it's good. Here we are a year later. Um, Damn. Can, can you believe it? I know. It's unbelievable that we see folks. I, you, I know you've heard us talk about this story before, but for, for you, you had to be there <laughs> to see how this started, you know, because we're sitting there just fooling around and just, actually get ready to do a practice uh rehearse recording of the show and me and Leonard just looked at each other and said hey let's just do it <laughs> let's let, let's make this our first show and we we did that and it had somebody tune in it was give, it was listening to us and yeah. you know and commenting on it and yeah. it was really cool it was and, really cool and and Dave, yeah. you, you remember we, we had our first uh spammer someone who came yeah. on with uh, somebody who came on with a bunch of n words and yeah yeah, yeah. we had little, our, our first hate crime right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but um but you know that just tells you um folks you know about being diligent and just being consistent in what you do um you know i neither one of us have thought you know if somebody told us that we wanted to be doing this a year later uh we probably would have kind of chuckled and said really but here we are and that year went by quick you know we just happened yeah, to, what, yeah. it was about a month or so ago we were like wait hold on man it's coming up on a year uh-huh. <laughs> you know that's what we said right so so, but here we are. This is our this is our anniversary show. We want to thank everyone who's been listening um, on a regular basis to us, and um, we thank you for all your feedback. We thank you for just having the the just taking the time to to pull us up and listen to us. And we've been fortunate enough. You know, we started out as a a local thing, but now we're all across the country. Uh, we got people everywhere listening to us right now. So we want to thank everyone who's tuned in. You know, even if it's only been once, we we thank you for listening that one show. So um, we want to go. Um, we want to go into our new year with high hopes, and hopefully, um, 
this time next year, we'll be doing bigger, uh, even bigger than what we are right now. So, um, but because we are doing our anniversary show, and I think you guys have heard us talking about it, um, you know, we're going to have some fun tonight with um, doing, uh, we're going to have our anniversary uh, guests with us, uh, the contest winner for our show, which is going to be cool. Um, but I did want to say before we get into that, um, shout out to, even though they lost, <laughs> shout out to the Phillies for their run in the World Series. They had a great World World Series. Nobody expected them to be there. A lot of people are upset that they lost because they really had a chance. To win. <laughs> right. They really had a chance to win that series. They really did, and they kind of blew it. But it is, you know, they they fought hard. And also, I want to say uh, congratulations to the Philadelphia Union soccer team. Even though they lost, also they lost. Uh, they lost this weekend too. It was kind of a messed up weekend for both. Yeah, teams. sounds like they it. both went down. Yeah, they both went down. So, um, but um. You know, it was great seeing that they both got to the championship game. So that's cool. We still got an 8-0 Philadelphia Eagle team, though. So that's all that matters. And, you know, right now, the Eagles are 8-0. So the only undefeated team in the league. So we'll go from there. So um, so I had, to, I had to get that in. That's our little sports corner, you know. Leonard, did you get your Eagles jersey yet? I know you had your Phillies thing on, but now you, you got an Eagles jersey yet? So you should have seen me earlier today. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I I done changed clothes in the afternoon, but yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, so, uh, oh, and another thing, man, what's going on with this weather? I know it's it's, it's summertime, Dave. What what you talking about? This is this summertime. Yeah, but but did you notice how the temperature has dropped, you know, you know, from from the weekend to now? So I went outside about three, four o'clock today, and you couldn't tell me it wasn't summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, but, you know, it's supposed to drop as the Well, it's going to get in the mid-60s. Some days are going to be in the mid-60s this week. But uh, but I know they talking about at one point it's going to be back down in the 50s again. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, but that's when you're going to be down south, I guess, you know. Probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, all right, guys. Well, you know, um, I'm getting tired of talking to him. So we're, we're going. <laughs> well, 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 Dave, Dave, you you you've only talked to me uh, every week for about two to three hours yeah. a week. Yeah. Live I I, in front of everybody. So. But 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 see, I got I we got somebody that I that I rather talk to. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. So, well, well Dave, Dave, you you talk to God uh, on Sundays, okay? Uh, well, Sundays yeah, and Wednesdays. Yeah. Okay. Well, but see, there's no comparison. What are you talking about? I don't even know why you brought that up. Because you said no somebody comparison. you'd rather talk to. I'm like, who who is above me? Um, the, our guests. <laughs> 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 you know, so I can tell you that for sure. Definitely, you, you wouldn't win. You wouldn't win in that foot race. I'm gonna tell you that now. That ain't gonna happen. So. But um, but we are proud to say that we have our winner for our anniversary show contest. Mm-hmm. And Leonard is going to tell you a little bit about this person. Did, well, did you want to 
yeah, talk so, so, about. Yeah, so how, how about before we do it, how about we play the video? That's what, and, I, was and, that's what yep. I was going. That's what I was and, going. And, okay. and then we'll go into the bio. So right now we're going to play the video. And then we'll um, introduce our guest, Miss Pamela Brooks Grimes. Good evening, Dave. My name and Leonard is Pamela <laughs> Brooks Grimes. I am a 56 year old, young year old mom of two amazing young men, ages 24 and 21. I am a spoken word poet, but I am on asking to be on your show because I wish to share of my domestic violence experience that took place in 2010. Yes, I am a survivor, not a victim. I wish to share of my story, my story of trial, trials, but triumph. I wish to share of my services and resources that are available that I can share with those that may be suffering in need. During the pandemic, domestic violence rates tripled. So many women have died, yes, died, because of lack of support and lack of resources. Knowledge is power, and it is important that I share in my quest and my journey of advocacy against domestic violence. I wish to share also during my time of struggle, how I took my pain and put it on paper. And I'd like to share those pieces that I wrote during the time of my experience. I wish to also note that I have been a fan of news and trends since the beginning and I am honored to even potentially be a part of the program of your one year anniversary that's coming up. I again wish to thank Dave for and Leonard for the opportunity <laughs> and I look forward in hopefully speaking with your co-host Leonard and uh, just sharing of knowledge and food for thought that can potentially help someone in need. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and I wish the both of you a wonderful night, and take care. Thanks. Incredulous is what you are. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> I, Dave I, I told you I was going to edit the video. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> well, why don't you go ahead and, and read... <laughs> Pamela's bio. I, I, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. They, they bring Pamela on. Okay. Nobody's going to leave me out of this anniversary. Okay. All right. All right. But um, <laughs> on a more. Baby in the corner, nobody leaves baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. Baby's not going to be in the corner. Yeah, um, okay. Yep. So before we, we introduce our guest, I, first of all, I just want to thank her for her honesty her transparency and her vulnerability because um you know what she talked about is not an easy subject and um i don't want to thank her for that because it, it was very very honest um <clears throat> so with with uh no farther ado we would like to introduce introduce our contest winner miss <laughs> dave's laughing at me miss <laughs> pamela brooks grimes 
Um, she began working in the banking industry in the early 1990s. She had worked for such companies such as American Express Centurion, Chase Manhattan, First USA Bank, and AIG. During her employment in the financial industry, Ms. Brooke Grimes developed her capacity for understanding the customer and offering a solution for their concerns while meeting the day-to-day -day needs of the company. During her tenure of nine years with First USA Bank, Ms. Brooke Grimes held multiple positions, including Senior Customer Service Representative, Liaison Representative, Training Assistant, and Monitoring Team Representative. Ms. Brooke Grimes contributed to the first assist database team, which was tasked with revamping the auto response unit. The modifications to this unit are still used today to provide automated voice assistance to customers. Additionally, Ms. Brooks Grimes was valued for her exemplary customer service amongst her peers, service customer service skills amongst her peers. Following her time in the financial industry, Ms. Brooke Grimes came to the state of Delaware, the Division of, of Revenue and Division of Substance Abuse and Middle Mental Health Services, initially as a temporary employee in 2000. Her professionalism and skills were soon noticed by the Division of Substance Abuse Director, Renata Henry. Director Henry hired her on the spot as an executive secretary she supported the director Henry for two years. Her exemplary work ethic was spotted by DHSS Deputy Secretary Carl McManus, who recommended her as a potential candidate as executive secretary within the office of the secretary. Ms. Brooks Grimes was then hired by Secretary Vincent P. McConey and joined the office of the secretary staff. She supported Secretary McConey during the Minner administration for a term of four years. As the Markell administration took office, Ms. Brooks Grimes was asked to, re to remain as executive secretary to the newly appointed secretary, Rita M. Landgraf in 2009. During her tenure with the office as secretary, Ms. Brooks Grimes interacted with the governor's office the Lieutenant Governor's Office, the Mayor's Office, legislators, various community leaders, and Delaware citizens. Among the many needed diplomatic skills for this position, Ms. Brooks Grimes became adept at handling inquiries with sensitivity and confidentiality. In 2016, Ms. Brooks Grimes joined the Division of State Service Center family, where she remains today. And without further ado, we would like to welcome to the show our one-year anniversary contest winner, Pamela Brooks Grimes. Good well. evening. Evening. Thank you so, so very much for having me. And congratulations to the both of you, Leonard. And yes, Dave, thank you. Thank you. For your, <laughs> your one-year anniversary. And there will be many, many more to come. Thank All you right. so much for the honor. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you. What, thank in you. fact, Dave, let me ask the first question. So um, first of all, we appreciate you being a listener. How how did you come to find out about the show? And what was, um, I guess, your reaction or opinion or thought when you, you heard like 
you know, news and trend with Lynn the first time. <laughs> Dave and Lynn. And oh, I'm sorry. Dave and Lynn. Yes. There you go. Uh, so, uh, the very first time um, I, I came to learn about the show was um, a link that uh, Dave shared on his page. So I tuned in and I was hooked. The reason, reasons I was hooked was initially I felt a sense of collaboration, a collaboration with the community, with all communities, whether you're brown, black, whether you are uh, from either class, whether it be you're rich or you're poor, you were able to connect with the subject matter, the topics that touch every single person whether you're young, old, you're employed or you're not employed, each of your topics can in some way touch and make a change in someone's life. So the moment I heard the program, I thought they're onto something and here we are a year later and look at you guys, you're celebrating your one year anniversary. And again, as I said, you will end, endure many, many amazing years to come. Well, okay, all right. Did that answer your question, Leonard? Yeah, it, it did. Definitely okay. did. All right. All right. Well, I can say truly, um, you know, um, <laughs> I was listening to the Pan's bio, and it's ironic that um, <laughs> in, in listening you talk about her bio and so forth, Pam and I go back a, a long ways. Uh, matter of fact, when you uh, mentioned about her banking background, me and, me and Pam actually met at First USA Bank back in the 90s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Were you going to say? I was going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's where we actually met. Mm -hmm. And then, ironically, <laughs> we kind of followed each other around from job to job after that. Yes. Uh, so we've actually ended up working at you mentioned AIG. We worked at AIG together. We worked, uh, of course, we work for the state now. I mean, you know, so we've worked over the last 20 years. We've been in like the same vicinity of each other as far as jobs are concerned. So so I've seen her journey as far as uh, where, um, where she started, as far as where she's landed at this point. So I can truly say and and watching her grow and and watching the things that she's been able to do that has been um really um she's really done a a great great job in the things that she's touched and the things that she's doing and and especially the things that she's uh you know when you hear we heard her video and uh, and i like the fact that you put out there leonard that she um uh, you like the fact that she was being very honest in reference to what's what's going on with her and so forth. So let's 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 start there. Um, she 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 is multifaceted. She she she's a spoken word artist. She's also um, you know um, a DV advocate and and actually. I can appreciate that myself because I am the DV coordinator for my building at my job. So I, so I do deal with uh, anytime there's a client that comes in the building that's going through 
domestic violence or whatever, I'm the person that they, I'm the only one that that client can see because I'm the one that's been trained to deal with that particular client. So, um, so let's talk about your domestic violence background. Why don't you tell us, um, well, I know you, you have certifications. I know um, you, you're able to be a liaison as far as anyone that's dealt with domestic violence or whatever. Why don't you tell us about your domestic violence background? Absolutely. <clears throat> so uh, first and foremost, I am a psychology major uh, with an uh, emphasis on family and in particular child advocacy. So I have um, a trauma-informed approach certification. As well, I have a child advocacy certification, and I am soon to graduate from Wilmington University with a psychology degree um, as well. Um, I am, as you mentioned, Dave, I'm also um, uh, adept to speak with clients that come to our office. Um, as I'm located on the Herman Holloway campus, uh, so I'll back up. I also work for the Division of State Service Centers. Um, we are responsible for uh, providing emergency assistance services to clients. And basically what that means is if a client comes to our office or contacts our office and they are either homeless or they are in need of uh, utility bill assistance, or if they perhaps need assistance with repairing their HVAC system, we have multiple grants that we utilize to support and provide supportive services to the community. So that is another one of my passions. Ultimately, I enjoy helping, but my emphasis as far as being a domestic violence survivor stems back from 2010 when I went through an experience. It was a horrible experience. But in that moment, after the event took place, I was sitting in the emergency room. I was battered. I was hungry. I had the clothes on my back. I looked over at my children. It was about 3 a.m. in the morning. We were in a cold, um, desolate, emergency room by ourselves, just the three of us clinging to one another. And I thought in that moment, I can never ever go back to that situation, nor put my children through that situation again. So I in that moment had a aha moment. My aha moment was, I need to take this experience, even though I was in so much pain, so that you understand where I was uh, the night of October 9th into October 10th, because the experience started the evening of October 9th and lasted into October 10th at 3.30 in the morning. I was held captive along with my two boys. I was assaulted. I suffered a broken blood vessel to my right eye causing me to lose my sight. I suffered a um, concussion. I was beat about my face, my jaw, and my back and my chest. I decided once we arrived at the emergency room that I would not put myself 
and my kids back into that situation. So in those moments, as I was sitting there nursing my wounds and I was talking to a DV counselor, I thought, ah, this is my moment. I'm going to educate myself. My parents taught me as a strong woman to never walk away, never walk away from a fight. And in fact, educate yourself on the problem, come up with a game plan. And that's what I did. So in that moment, I decided once I got out of that situation, I would educate myself. So I did. And I just dwelled in education regarding trauma and the effects of trauma, what it does to you, where it starts, as it starts in your childhood, and it can manifest into your adult life. I also understood how those children that are witnessing or enduring domestic violence daily, suffering in silence, what it does to their bodies, that it actually manifests in medical conditions such as high blood pressure once they become an adult, alcoholism, drug abuse, obesity, all of these concerns plague our community, mostly. So how can Pam give back? Because I, I was gracious enough to have the connections because I worked for the state of Delaware. I was able to make connections to sort of get myself out of the situation and embedder myself. But what about those Jane Doe's out there who don't have access to these services and these programs. So the baton was passed to me that night. So I had to then take the baton. I had to learn, I had to dig, I had to strengthen myself. I had to learn resiliency. I had to learn empowerment. I had to learn to be strong. I had to do so because I had these two young souls, these two boys who were only nine and 11 at the time and who were in the middle-class bubble, who didn't know what the first thing was about domestic violence or what the acronym DV meant. In their minds, they would go outside and play basketball or ride on their bikes. So it was up to Pamela. So that's what I did. I dove deep. I also decided that I wanted to do something to be creative in my pain. So I decided I'm gonna put my pain in writing. So I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I kept those. So I go back to those moments now. Those moments continue to strengthen me. They strengthen my pencil. They keep me focused. I have decided to devote my life to being a domestic violence advocate. I'm here to collaborate with you and anyone that will listen to me. Anyone who has the capacity to tune in right at this moment, I want them to know that they can reach out to me. And at, later on in the program, I'm happy to share of resources that are available. There are abundance of resources that folks just don't know about. But to answer your question, I decided that this was my moment. I had to give back. So I did. I have um, basically sat 
in front of CEOs, to legislators, to judges, to panelists, anyone who will be willing to listen. Because unfortunately, during the pandemic, COVID sort of caused a, a change in climate, unfortunately, a negative one. The statistics were astronomical. We could not keep up because there unfortunately were so many cases that were unreported. So I can say that it tripled. That's what we received numbers on. But what about the cases of those of that population that I alluded to earlier that are homeless? We don't know about those because they don't they weren't able to get to our facilities to say, I'm in need and I need help. So what did they do? They endured in silence. So I'm here to speak to them today to say, I am an example of life after. I also too was sitting in the emergency room with my children alone, hungry, in pain, scared out my mind, thinking, what do I do next? So that's why I'm here. I'm here to say to you that there are resources and you can get the help. You can get the education. You can get the support. There are legalities. There are lawyers that have funding that are willing to represent you for free. The Delaware Volunteer Legal Services, they represented me for free for two and a half years. It does start with a great attorney. You need to have proper legal representation. Next, you need to heal. You need to heal emotionally. You need to surround yourself with positive interactions, positive support systems so that you will not regress. Because that, I call it that little thing called self-blame. You are not in any way responsible for anyone else's actions but yourself. No one makes that person hit you. So you have to empower yourself. Empowerment starts in the mind and it goes from there. So I am here to say and to solicit you if you are male, you are female, if you are in a couple situation, if it is male to male, female to female, male to female, male to female, you do not deserve to be abused. And there are multiple ways of being abused. Everything from emotional, such as financial control. Financial control can mean you are a stay-at-home wife. You cannot leave or you think you cannot. Or it can be I want to control your interaction with your family. You are isolated. Thus another form of control. Sexual control. They force you to have sexual relations against your will. That is wrong. Of course, and then ultimately the physical is it starts with the push. It starts with an insult or the two together or just a push. It is still abuse and it is still wrong. 
And it is necessary to learn the differences between love and abuse. Love should never hurt. So I am here again to say that I am the life after. I was the scared woman in the emergency room wondering what was I gonna do? That was in 2010. It is now 2022. That nine-year-old and 11-year-old who were what I call my guardian angels. So I'll take you back to that night. It was 1 a.m. in the morning. I was asleep. My children were upstairs asleep in their beds. I, I also want to state a disclaimer. This is in no way, the story that I am sharing is in no way to cause defamation of character to the party that is involved in this circumstance. So again, this is my story from my perspective. So the situation panned out that this party at the time pinned me down. He broke into the home, came in, he was under the influence of something that I'm not sure of. He attacked me, pinned me down. He again broke a blood vessel behind my eye. I suffered a concussion. I suffered bruises to my face, my jaw, my neck, my back, my chest. I was unable to get to a phone because I was disoriented. I screamed for help. Those two little boys who were then nine and 11 year, years old lost their innocence. They heard mommy crying and screaming. They tried to come down the steps to help me. He mm -hmm. slapped the youngest, the nine-year-old. They were chased back to their rooms. They thought of a plan. What shall I do? Mom needs us. Mom is downstairs screaming. I tried to make a run for it and I couldn't get out the first time. The second time I did with no shoes on and in my pajamas, I got halfway down the road and I thought, well, wait, I'm leaving my kids in the house. By the time I get back, he could assault them too. So yes, I went back. It was dark. There were no lights on. People were asleep. I did knock on a door, but they did not answer. So I went back. For two hours, I was held captive. Unable to use a house phone, he took the SIM card from my cell phone and the children's. So those two young boys decided, I've got a plan. Mommy bought us a cell phone. It's under the bed, but the charger is downstairs. What do we do? We've got to help her. So one thought of a plan to distract him and the other ran down the steps. The two ran back up the steps to the bedroom, barricaded themselves and called 911. That call saved my life. When 911 heard Innocent voices on the phone. I probably had about eight or nine county and state officers on my lawn. It felt like it was the longest 10 minutes of my life. 
as I was drifting in and out of consciousness, I could no longer hear and I couldn't see. I, I was dizzy. I could hear, but it was as though I was a million miles away from everyone. Finally, I hear a knock on the door. It was the police. And the last words that my then husband said to me was, well, I guess this is it. And I turned and said to him, at the next time that you walk across this threshold, you will be my ex-husband. And that is exactly the case. Two years later, after PFA, after PFA, after court case, after court case, he was then allowed visitation. A lot happened in the midst of that. So that is when I took to paper and decided I needed to do some writing. A lot of it was jumbled. It was just mere thoughts, pain, not understanding what I did wrong. But then I came to a realization that I had nothing to do with it. What I understood was I've got to get Pam together because those two boys are looking to me. I still have a family that I have to fend for. So I then turned to an organization called Delaware Volunteer Legal Services that my boss graciously, Secretary Langraff referred me to. And everything is history. I have done a lot in this time, but in all I am much stronger, I am more aware and I am empowered. And I'm here again to share my story that you have to have the strength. If it's not for you, it has to be for your children. Because what happens when you are a child and you witness a situation or situations of abuse, over time, it does become the norm. And what happens? They will then in turn repeat the cycle. So I ask and I urge you to break the silence, break the cycle. The cycle of violence is horrible. And the next time the person that does it, it gets worse. It only gets worse. I want my sons to witness healthy, established relationship, uh, relationships of love, of what a responsibility is of two people who care about each other, going to work, taking care of each other when you're sick, respectability. I think that is out of everything that I've learned in all of the education, whether it be the trauma-informed approach learning process or my psychology classes or all of the family courses that I have taken, respectability, it starts there. Because if you don't have respect first for you, how can you respect anyone else? I preach all the time about self-care. Self-care starts with you being on the airplane and you putting the mask over your face first then maybe reaching out and grabbing a mask for someone else. But that night, I couldn't even fend for myself. So I am sharing my mask with you. The theory is ultimately knowledge is power. 
I want to share this information with anyone who's willing to listen. Because it is my responsibility. I am hoping that I am saving someone's life out there or at least educating them to appreciate themselves enough to walk away or say, hey, what you're doing to me is wrong. Seek help. Okay. All right. Well, folks, if you didn't know, now you know. You just heard a young lady. She just put out her whole story, what took her um, from one place to another, and then landed her where she is now. Um, this thing is deep. It is something that um, does get swept under the rug a lot. Um, she talks about the the numbers as far as the pandemic is concerned. Think about it. If you're cooped up the way we were during the pandemic with your loved person, a loved one, I should say, and, um, you know, there wasn't a lot, there wasn't a lot of going out, there wasn't a lot of intermingling with other people. Just imagine, you know, after a certain period of time, spending time with that person and tempers start to flare and what kind of stuff can happen. Um, but then you also talk, you, you, you also heard her talk about how that led into her writing things down and starting to write. Cause you know, you heard in the very beginning, she also is a spoken word artist and, a very wonderful poet. I've heard some of her poetry. And, you know, so this is something that not only, you know, even though it was a horrible situation, it also led into her discovering herself and discovering some of the things that she needed to bring forth about herself. Um, I know this is a, a deep story, you know, um, what, what Leonard and I have always tried to do is try to bring on guests that are going to be informative and try to give you information that you may not hear on other shows all the time or, or other shows don't want to deal with. So I'm glad that Pam has come on and especially on our anniversary show to be um, the person that we chose to bring on to the show. And I'm glad she's telling her truth. Um, in reference to everything that's going on with her, where she is now, where the future is going to take her. You know, she says she's about to get her degree in, from Wilmington University in psychology. I, I welcome that because I'm a psychology major myself. Um, so I'm mad at you as far as that's concerned. Um, that's what my degree is in. And, um, you know, so that's great that you are where you are. Leonard. Oh, is, is he still with us, Leonard? I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm listening. Okay. That's why the show is called News and Trends with Dave. And Len, yes. No. <laughs> and Len. Okay. But do, do you have anything that you want to say here? Yeah. Um, you know, I and, you know, I, 
I think that's one of the things we heard a lot too um, during the pandemic. We heard a lot about relationships and, you know, even on a side note, and I'll just say it from my household, but, you know, kind of like Dave, one of the things that Dave talked about was, um, you know, the, how the pandemic affected relationships. And I even say like my kids fought more during the pandemic as well, just cause it's like, you know, they're in the house um, they didn't have the normal outlets. But um, Pamela, one thing I was thinking, too, and this is, I think, a um, a misconception a lot of people have, and maybe you kind of expound on it. Um, battered women syndrome, where, you know, I think people from the outside always feel like, OK, you know, if if this person, male or female, is in a, uh, a physically abusive relationship, why don't they just leave? And, you know, I, I think if we really delve into it, we know that there's more than just the, you know, the physical act of leaving. Can you briefly explain, I guess, what battered woman syndrome may, you know, or how you reference it and why it's not as easy to leave certain relationships as people think it would be? Yes. So, that terminology actually is very old school. Okay. Um, actually, yeah, <laughs> I have not heard that. Um, that's like an old textbook um, reference. Um, but to answer your question, um, it it can be. I can just speak for me, and you know, I've I've rubbed elbows quite a bit with uh, fellow um, domestic domestic violence survivors. Um, and ultimately, I can say that they they love them. However, there is a lot to it. There, there's a lot of facets to it, such as there are children involved. Um, some um, uh, blame self blame themselves sometimes it's low self-esteem sometimes it's the financial control piece um sometimes it's lack of support of their family so they will feel you know truly feel alone if they walk away from him if they don't have family other than their children and him so there's again yet another form of control in in that respect i can just say that for me, the, the abuse did not take place. And I need to clarify um, in the event he does uh, tune into the program or any one of his family members or friends. Um, he was um, at times a, um, well, he was a, a, a decent father. He, um, I can just say that at times I think it was due to his schedule and the responsibilities. It, it can be tough to raise children um, in this day and age, but there is no excuse. Again, I'm going to clarify. Um, there's no excuse for emotional abuse, um, the, the constant yelling and the belittling and, you know, um, just being cool and mean spirited to your children. That that is a form of emotional abuse. And it's just unexcusable. Um, I can just say that there are just it, there's it, it's circumstances. It sometimes is a combination, as I alluded to, to some women having low self-esteem and feeling as though, oh, wow, I won't be able to find another guy. 
I'll just stick around or I financially can't afford to live on my own with the boys or they may just be, you know, with the children, I'm sorry, or they may just be in fear that he may retaliate if they do leave. So they're in fear of their lives. Um, I can say that we had our moments a lot of great moments. Um, he was not a horrible person. There were some circumstances of um, alcoholism involved and it alters the personality. And anyone that um, also you know, studies biology and as well as psychology, you know that alcoholism affects the central nervous system and that affects the responses and your ability to clarify situations and or interpret situations. So, you know, what you may think is being said is your, uh, I don't wanna say your defenses, but your, your processing is clouded. So unfortunately mm -hmm. that night, that was the exact circumstance. Um, he was under the influence because I could smell it on him. So, but to answer your question, not to, to get all derail um, your question, it, it really does come down to those, those factors. It's sometimes financial. Sometimes the woman is uh, either in fear or she has low self-esteem or she, she just in her mind thinks that that's normal. Gotcha. Uh, understood. Okay. All right. Um, well, let me let me ask this question. You've done. Um, you've been able to move forward. You're in a different place in a different time. You are helping other people and getting through the issues that they're having by being there for those folks who come to you or who you've been able to to assist in in different ways. Working for the state, I will say, you do come in contact with a lot of people who are going through things. I know I've come in contact with many since I've been with the state. Um, it led you to your writing to your poetry. Um, matter of fact, not putting you on the spot right now. Do you have any uh, part, um, poems that you want to read? Um, did you want to? Did you want to give some sample of something that you wrote? Absolutely. Oh, okay. This is one. <laughs> and thank you. For, I appreciate this. You see that, Leonard? She ready. Okay, she ready. I'm honored that you will even allow me to to read a, a piece or two. Um, so, if it, yes, oh, I would be, oh, oh, I would I be honored. Two. I didn't say two. I didn't say two. I said. Oh, okay. <laughs> They said one. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> look, look, look at her taking liberties, y'all. Listen, mm -hmm. listen to her. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. So All this right. one is called, so I, I want to do an introduction. So if, if parties are 
uh, interested in reading some of my poetry, uh, I do have an Instagram page uh, entitled Whispers of a Black Butterfly. So this um, poem is actually entitled The Black Butterfly. And the theory behind why I chose that is merely because, as I mentioned, I went through a metamorphosis that night. I used to be, if anyone recalls, and Dave, you may, um, mm. back in the early 90s, I was shy and kind of quiet. Yes, mm. I was, you know, mm. I, I mean, I, would, I, I was a happy-go-lucky person, but I, I kind of was, you know, the laid-back person. I'd smile. But something happened, and I went through a metamorphosis. So this poem was one of the first that I wrote because it ties in with the theory that I went through a change that night. So here it goes. I was a cocooned spirit unto an unknown valley of fragranced purple flowers. My spirit wandering, soaring to be free free of pain onto another shore. The claws of the world saw and tried to strangle and suffocate this vessel like a low level being, but I rose into a beautiful creature speaking of truth here to compel, release, enlighten and capture another heart, another horizon. Things are clearer, brighter, lovelier, greater. For I give all of my nuances, my treasures, and love and my new inspiration. I ignite into bright manifestations and possibilities like a glistening rainbow on earth. I uplift, delight, and relax. I know you may have seen me, maybe not, because I've cocooned in your hearts now and in your minds. For I whisper in your chaos. For I am the black butterfly. Chances are, again, you may have seen me because I've evolved into this massiveness, massiveness, excuse me, of knowledge, truth, compelment, with a bucket load of ponder, continuity, realness, and strength. Misunderstood, yes. Abandoned, yes. Rejected, yes, and forsaken. But those that left couldn't evolve with me as they didn't have the capacity to embrace my time and tune in to my shine, my brightness, my healings. For she is I and I am her, for I am the black butterfly. All right. Okay. Click, 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 click. <laughs> you know, so very well, very well done. All right. Okay. Like I said, she ready. All right. Like I said. All right. All right. And you, you say you got another one for us? I go get into that other one too. Okay. Sounds good. Let me mm -hmm. just uh, pull it up, please. Now, this may be a little bit tastier. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Here it we is go. It's called. <laughs> this, this, this a PG rated one? <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. I will make it PG rated, okay. and it is called. Well, well no, no, Pam, Pamela. We, we believe in the realness here on news. And yeah, it's Dave all, and look, 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 yeah. Well, uh, uh, yeah, on Dave's show, we we really, <laughs> we really uh, believe in that. So go ahead. Totally understand. Yeah. The 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 realness. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
so this one is entitled My Many Splendors, and it is very short but sweet. Okay. So it's uh, it goes, the meadows of my pleasures run like dew on a lily, dripping with warmth and nectar. I'm unearthed from his many pleasures, sliding and gliding and devouring my pain, sliding into my world, sliding into my sorrow. He lifts me out of the trenches of despair and pain and tarnishes my hurt with bellows of love and completeness. My sorrow is no more, but now laced with his love. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Sister got some skills. Uh, okay. Love Jones. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. All we need is Lorenz to, to walk through the door right now. That's right. You know. So, um, but hey, hey, folks, you're hearing it all. Now you didn't, you didn't heard, her, you didn't heard a story. I'm, 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 I'm gonna go black with y'all. You, you didn't heard her story, and you also heard what came out of her story, which is this positive, um, you know. This, this this positive person who's who's out there doing all she can to 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 help people who were like you know situations like hers and so forth and look you just heard two pieces that she wrote that came out of everything that she went through um so as you can see there's a for those who have gone through or going through these type of situations who may be a little worried or a little scared to, to speak out. This is, uh, as you can see, there is hope on the other side. There is another place that you can go to as opposed to the place that you're in now. So with that being said, Pam, why don't you give your social media pages, your contact information as to how people can contact you if they need, uh, if they want to hook up with you um, for any services or whatever that you might be able to help them with. Absolutely. So first, I want to say first and foremost, if you or someone that you know is experiencing domestic violence, please first call 911. 911 will then connect that party with a domestic violence associate. They will also redirect and, you know, it, it, it's kind of a three-tier thing. If you're already in a homeless situation, then they can then take you to another location. So I'll start with noting again, always first for your safety, call 911, and especially if there are children involved. If you live in Newcastle County, and you are in need of assistance. Newcastle County, meaning the state of Delaware and the county Newcastle. You can dial 302-655-9624. If you are in Kent County, again, state of Delaware, and it is the county Kent, the number is 302-674-1600. If you are in the state of Delaware and you are in the Sussex County area, you can dial 302-856-9578. If you are in need of 
uh, assistance if you are just um, if, if it's not you, if you are the adult and it or is the child that is experiencing child abuse or you've witnessed a child being abused, whether you are a neighbor, you are a teacher, you are a nurse, you are an employee somewhere and the, perhaps you're working for the state of Delaware and you feel as though that there is potentially there is potentially, even if you are not sure, you are still responsible. Each and every one of us are responsible for these young souls. You are to call, please, the Child Abuse Hotline at 1-800-292-9582. That's 1-800-292-9582. I have multiple resources that I am happy to share. Um, I am... Uh, a member of the Delaware Coalition Against Domestic Violence. You can reach them online at dcadv.org. That is dcadv.org. This organization has multiple services and organizations that we can refer you to, everything from uh, potentially getting shelter, or if you are in need of clothing, if you are in need of food, you can always call the Food Bank of Delaware at 211. If you are in need and you would like to speak with me personally, you can email me at Pamela, P-A-M-E-L-A-G, 794 at gmail.com. Or you can send me a DM on Instagram at whispers of a black butterfly that is all i have wow okay uh, well you got it all there folks you know she she told you who to reach out to if you are going through some situations and then if you need to get in contact with her she gave you her information and um and we'll have her repeat um that information at the end of this show as well but you know hopefully um someone who's listening has heard something they needed to hear. So that's why, you know, we're so glad that we were able to choose you as our person to come on the show today and help us celebrate our anniversary and what way to um, do that than to give the type of information that you gave out tonight. So we really appreciate that. Thank you so very much for that. Um, what we're gonna do now is transition and we're hoping you're going to hang with us, right? You're going to hang with us, right? Okay. All right. We're going to transition into uh, our um, stories that we have, our topics for the show. And we're going to talk about those topics that we have and um, hopefully get your input on those topics as well. Okay. All right, Leonard, what we're going to talk about first. Yep. So the, the first story we have, and um, I call this On the Run, uh, Piper Lewis, the teenager who killed her rapist and and sex trafficker, has escaped from the corrections facility. <clears throat> so, just a little bit about of a backstory. Um, probably a couple months ago, Piper Lewis was uh, sentenced to probation in order to pay restitution to the the family of the man she killed, um, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So this happened, Piper Lewis is out of Iowa, 
and she was a runaway. And when she ran away at the age of 15, she ended up sleeping in an apartment stairwell or hallway. And there was a guy who took her in. This guy created a dating profile and really kind of pimped her out. You know, he had um, people paying to have sex with her at, you know, the 15, the young age. One of the men who she was sent to have sex with ended up drugging her, um, giving her alcohol. Of course, she passed out. When she woke up, he was um, taking, you know, sexually, you know, sexually abusing her, basically. And later during that time frame, the gentleman passed out when she realized when she kind of came to her senses and she realized what happened and that he had raped her. She stabbed him with a knife multiple times. He of course, he died. Um the judge did not take into account that she was raped, that she was kidnapped, that she was sex trafficked. And the sentence was that um, she did have to pay restitution, $150,000 to his family. She was put on probation. She was given a certain amount of community service. So that right there is the backstory. Um, so bring it bring it up to, to current. Uh, last Friday, 6.19 a.m., she was at a um a, a facility called the Fresh Start Women's Center. That was where she was doing some of her um uh, I guess uh probation. And she ended up cutting off her electronic monitor and she escaped. Now, when the news hit social media, and Dave, this is interesting. Pamela, you may find it interesting too. People were at happy that she kind of escaped because when she got sentenced, everyone thought it was an outrage. So if you look on social media, you type in Piper Lewis, everyone basically has the same thing. Like if you see Piper, you didn't see her. No snitching. You know, we, we hope she's somewhere safe. We hope she's healing. You know, she definitely didn't deserve this. And this is not just, um, I'm sorry to backtrack. Piper Lewis is a, a black female. Her rapist slash kidnapper was a white male. But the outpouring of support is coming from all nationalities, Indian, white, Latina, you know, of course, black. So, you know, it's just interesting that, you know, we can kind of, even though she was found guilty, you know, we can kind of look beyond that because we can consider her circumstances and why, you know, she kind of acted the way she did. So, you know, I, Dave, I, I just thought it was an interesting story. Um, and I'm I'm going to skip our co-host and I'm going to go to you, Pamela. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this story or if you had heard about this prior. But I mean. It, it did. It did feel kind of good to just see how the public really kind of, even though the judge didn't understand where she came from, the public, when they heard the story, you know, they, they could kind of relate with her and, you know, kind of wishing her the best, um, even though she did kind of escape, you know, from her her corrections facility. So I'm not sure if you have any comments about this. I do. Multiple. Uh, what a travesty. Um, this is another one. One of the millions of examples of um, a failed legal system. Unfortunately, we do not have um, 
enough um, what I would call diverse legal representation on up to um, you know, the judges to try these cases. And what happens, unfortunately, I can actually share in um, a circumstance in one of my trials when I was going through my ordeal where I felt that this commissioner showed empathy um, towards my ex-husband and awarded um, a, a crazy um, outcome came of it. it. This is another one of those circumstances and she continued to be re-victimized. So she was victimized at night. She was victimized first by this person who took her in and then started to, you know, uh, take advantage of her for financial gain, which obviously definition of human trafficking. And then he then puts her in. Um, I mean, there, there's so many, there's multitudes of laws that he's broken. Um, first, you know, of course, rape, um, coerce, coercing her into, you know, prostitution. Um, she's a minor. So there's that piece. Um, and then when she tries to, she, you know, she's, she's, um, you know, made to be a deviant, even though she was trying to protect herself. And then she's re-victimized again during probation by, you know, now she's got a record which will follow her for the rest of her life. Um, I would say if I were her mother, I would get her the best legal representation that I could find to first retry the entire situation. If we could get a retrial and then have her record expunged. And then any restitution that she put out, I would sue the state in which all of this took place because she continuously has been re-victimized. And now she's a villain for just one. She was a young woman. She was, she was a minor. So I would say shame on the judge or the commissioner who tried her case because it starts with you are an advocate. As you try these cases, are you not looking at all of these atrocious inequities? How, how could you side on the person who was the villain? I, I, I don't understand. I don't, I, I don't. Um, so I would say that I would start with asking her I know that you're going to shoot me, but if there were some way that her case would, could be retried, because she needs to speak. She's the victim. Those jurors need to hear what happened to her that night. There's no way that a, that a group of 12 people cannot show empathy and understand all of the horrific things that happened to her. This is, to me, it's just undoubtedly just a complete travesty uh, and an injustice to her. That's all I got. Okay. Um, I'm just going to add this part right quick. Um, my thinking is this. It didn't take much to figure out the nationality. If I'd never heard this story... <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I already yeah. knew what was going on. Yeah. I mean, Leonard, you didn't have to say it, but I already knew. Uh, there was a black person and there was a white person. And it's so funny, Pam. Me and Leonard, you know, we choose a lot of stories. We talk about a lot of different things. But it is so funny how everything comes back down to exactly what I just said, black and white. It's amazing. Um, I was reading something earlier um, that I was, was going to include in our stories tonight, but I chose not to do it. Um, and and even when it's subtle, it's there. I mean, you know what I mean? Um, there was a football coach that was fired today for the uh, the the um, Indianapolis Colts football coach was was fired today. He was a white coach. He used to be assistant coach. He was assistant coach on the Eagles team when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. He gets fired. Now there's a there's a rule called the Rooney Rule where they're supposed to interview. Remember, we talked about this early last yeah. year, Leonard, Brian right? Flores. That, yeah, yeah, we talked about this. Where you're supposed to interview at least one or two black candidates for a football position. The coach gets fired today. The Colt uh the Colts automatically named this guy Jeff Saturday, who used to play for the team who's never had any college football coaching experience or pro football coaching experience. He's never been an assistant. He's never done anything. You know what he was doing? He was a commentator on ESPN. <laughs> and they hired him as the interim head football coach wow. without interviewing one black person or anything. Wow. And everybody's scratching their head and saying, what just happened? <laughs> this guy has no coaching experience. Okay, now why did I bring that up? This situation here, it is totally preposterous that they made this girl, they ruled that this girl paid the family a hundred, it was a hundred and fifty thousand? Yeah, a hundred and fifty thousand. A hundred and fifty thousand dollars in restitution. Why would they even say to her to do that? After all, you know, we don't know if he, you know, he had he had sex with her, you know, she could have gotten pregnant, whatever the case may mm -hmm. and we won't even go into the whole pregnancy. He, he could have killed her. That's, yeah, he could have killed her. There's so much going on there. And here we are again. It's because of the P word, privilege. Yes. Okay. So and and and, and everything I just said just then has to do with the P word, privilege. Okay, you know Jeff Saturday has, has no reason being the coach, the the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He doesn't know anything about coaching, but he's white. This guy was killed by this female, and I'm not advocating the fact that she did what she did. Of course, we understand why she did what she did, but we're you know, but for them to say because you killed this man, you got to pay restitution. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Now, Absolutely. Piper, I hope she's smart enough to stay invisible for a long time. Right, go, go to Mexico. That's Thanks. right. Run, run, run for the border. Don't yes. pick up no phones. Don't make no pay. No. Don't make no phone that. calls. Whatever you know, yeah. just, just, just be free like a bird. You know, fly like, fly like an eagle, as they say. You know, so, um, and. 
hopefully, you know, she'll be all right. And hopefully she'll make some good decisions, you know. But, you know, uh, this is almost like the, what was that movie? Um, God, I can't think of it. Where the, um, it was uh, Daniel Kaloa was in it. And him and the girl, there was a yeah. cop accident. Shot and they were on the run. Remember that? Yeah, I did. They went to Miami yeah. and got caught at the yeah, airport. Yeah, they became heroes because of everything that was going on. They they became heroes. That's the same thing that, that's going on with this. Like she, if she stays gone long enough, she's gonna be like folklore. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she'll become she'll become a hero. I'm sure there'll be a movie made about her and everything. You know, so Queen, you know, Queen and Slim, was, huh? Something something like that, right? Queen and Slim. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was that was it. Yeah. So, look, well, Piper. Do what you're doing. Hey, don't do, get do, caught. Do, do like do like Forrest Gump. Yeah, don't get yeah, run. don't get caught. Yeah, buy a Powerball ticket and and and, and, <laughs> and buy buy a small island, a deserted island somewhere. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. there you go. Yeah. So, all right. Well, <laughs> I tell you, man, it's the world we're in now. All right, moving on to our next story. Uh, and by the way, guys, you guys are listening to News and Trends with Dave and Lem. We thank you for taking the time to listen to us on our anniversary show. And Pamela. Week. Huh? huh? I said, and Pamela. Uh, uh, and Pamela. And, you know, who is our, our our host that we so graciously, um, you know, have on the show with us. Um, we're going to move on to our next story. This is a feel-good story. Um kind of um, in reference to HBCUs and homecomings, um, boosting um, local economies and after the pandemic slowdown. I, I came across the article, I shared it with Leonard, about how the HBCUs have really um, made a comeback, you know, since the pandemic, you know, because the pandemic really hurt a lot of people. And it hurt enrollment with the HBCUs during that time because, of course, quite naturally, a lot of the colleges were doing, you know, a lot of people were, were um, doing school from home. And, excuse me, doing school from home. And there were a lot of uh, situations where, you know, some schools even were not even in operation, you know, because of everything that was going on. But since the pandemic has we're not going to say it's ended because I don't think it's ever going to end. But I, I, you know, since we're, you know, about 80% back to normal, um, you know, there has been a boom in, um, in enrollment. And then with the homecomings, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but like the homecoming thing has gotten like crazy with these schools now, man. And um, they're well attended. You got a lot of alumni coming back to the schools now. Um, you got famous alumni investing in the school. And you got people who didn't even go to HBCUs that it's investing a lot of money into the school of all colors. Um, there's a, at least one or two games on now, football games on every weekend on CW. Um, they're showing all types of games, uh, you know, um, it's, it's just like really, really crazy right now when it comes to the HBCUs, but the, the whole thing with the homecomings because of the, um, 
what's going on with the homecomings, they've been able to generate a lot of economy for um, the the places that the schools are located, you know, because you got a lot of people coming in, staying in, in the hotels and and um, also, um, you know, they're bringing in, the, you know, bringing in people to speak and entertain. People are coming. Coming back to the school to participate in those things. And um, they were talking about there was one particular incident uh, um, where they talked about in Durham. Um, North Carolina, they said the impact of everything that's happened there was in the tune of $2.5 million for North Carolina uh, Central. Um, you know, so, you know, you figure that's money that they didn't have two or three years ago that was coming in. So the HBCUs, and I know Leonard, uh, I don't know, Pam, I, you know, if you listen to the show, you always hear Leonard talking about his favorite HBCU since that's the school that he went to, um, you know, Delaware State. And well, so, uh, <laughs> you know, Dave, we're, we're, we're talking about the number one public HBCU in the go. nation, we Florida got. A&M University, on yeah, the okay. highest of seven hills, founded in 1887, <laughs> home of the Rattlers who bleed orange and green. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So, you know, yeah, yeah, he reps his school. He does. He does. He does. Uh, it's a school that I almost went to, too. So Dave, I, I you, Dave, you, you should have gone. Well, yeah, I know. I know. My, look, my mom wasn't playing that. She said, that's too far away. <laughs> I know. My mom, but look, Pam, my mom let me go to the school, toward the school. That's what made it so bad. I went down there on a college weekend for a visit. Fell in love with the school, came home, said, Mom, that's where I want to go. My mom said, oh, that's a shame, son. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You're not going to school there. I said, why'd you let me go down there? She said, and it was the first time I had ever, ever left Delaware. That was the first time. And so, you know, I was hyped, you know, and went to Florida on my first trip outside of Delaware. You nice. know, so, you know, and um, now nah, it was crazy. It, it really was. She wouldn't let me go there. So, you know, so I had to live, I had to live it through Leonard, <laughs> you know, so, you know, um, but um but HBCUs, man, I'm telling you, it. I can't think of another time, and I, you know, been around a long time, that 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 has ever been this type of hype around HBCUs as it is right now. What about you, Leonard? You ever thought? Have you yeah, thought about? I mean, that? I I definitely agree. Now, I will say, and I can only speak for FAMU homecoming, and Lord knows I ain't been in a minute. But FAMU homecoming was always packed, you know, prior to social media. Like I remember when I was in college and a couple of times after college, FAMU homecoming was packed. Now, the one thing and and I, I do agree, you know, I think it brings a lot of money to the um, the local economy. The one thing I can say I don't like, and this is probably just how it is, white schools, black schools. When homecoming comes there's certain sets of people that rate like the hotels, Dave, there's, there's no reason that you should be paying five, $600 at the holiday Inn, you know, um, and, uh, but that's what they do though. Yeah, man. no, they, 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 they do. Yeah, they and, you coming, they're going to raise the rates. Right. And so, you know, I don't know if I feel like that's taking advantage of the culture because to be honest, I don't, I don't know what they're doing around university. Let, let's say the university of Delaware, like they may be, 
hyping up the prices five, six, seven hundred dollars a night too. But you know, I will say it does bring a lot of um money to the economy. Now, on the other side, the one thing I do want to say, and and I've seen this for a lot of HBCU homecomings, a lot of the economy that benefits from the homecomings don't really want us there. And I say that in terms of there's probably more people, well, I won't say more, but, you know, of course, we can imagine that hundreds to thousands of African-Americans who come to party, hang out and chill. There's certain businesses. I know in Tallahassee, there's certain businesses that would close for the whole weekend. You know, they just didn't want to be a part. They didn't want any parts of it. Nope, they didn't want any parts. And I mean, some may be rightfully so because, you know, depending on what school, there can be a lot of chaos too. But um, I won't digress there. But yes, I agree. You know, I think HBCU homecoming, and, and I credit it to social media that's spreading some of the great things about homecoming, the crowds, the band, the game, the culture. And, you know, kind of like you talked about, like, <clears throat> I think it's great that high school kids can see what campuses are like. And especially so Pamela and Dave and I had the conversation before the high school. I Well, Dave and I went to the same high school at one point. Well, not together at one point, but <laughs> Dave went to this high school I went to at one point and my high school was predominantly white. And. Um, I went to Florida A&M because my dad and grandparents had some interactions with Florida A&M. And to be honest, I didn't have much of a choice. And I'm thankful that they did send me there because I probably would have gone to a white institution and, you know, I probably wouldn't have got that black culture that I needed. But, you know, I think it's great now because high school students can go on their phone, social media, which they're on anyway, and they can be flooded with HBCU culture, band, sports, um, you know, all that. So, I mean, I, I think that's great. Um, Pam, I'm, Pamela, I'm not sure if you have any comments about uh, HBCU homecomings and boosting the local economies. Yes, I do. I I just think that it it's phenomenal. It gives uh, an opportunity for, you know, those colleges to to sort of catapult our a tapestry of our roots um, of our, our forefathers. And, you know, the, the, the fact that we can present the excellence as well, that we can manifest and we can create and we, we can present ourselves mostly in a positive light. And yes, as you alluded to, you know, there are always going to be the few that, you know, may make it bad for others, but in essence, that is our opportunity to shine a light on that tapestry of our roots, of our culture, of our history, historically, what our forefathers fought for, what they we still fight for. We should continue to fight for, to keep, to keep that excellence and to support and encourage the youngsters um, coming up that education is the power. And that's what we're all talking about tonight ultimately education the it's 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 you know a opportunity to learn to grow but to learn in your culture as well i mean 
what more, I mean, to me, that's fruitfulness. Um, you know, you're manifesting and getting, you're being fed what your culture is, um, you know, what the appreciation is of what our, our forefathers fought for. So my piece and my, my contribution is I totally support it. Um, hindsight 20, I wish that I had the opportunity to participate, um, you know, in that environment, but, you know, I encourage my, my young men now, this is your time. Go and seek that knowledge. And, you know, nothing more, um, I say, fruitful and, you know, a way to, um, to learn of your culture, to be exposed to all the activities, you know, the band. You know, I, I come from a musical family. You either sang or you did a, an instrument. <laughs> you did one. The other but you were involved in some aspect in music so you know that's the op opportunity to learn and and to appreciate that tapestry of our roots and and to you know um to to spread that and say hey i'm proud of my heritage i'm proud of where we came from what we learned from we came from here and now look at us now yeah that's true that's true and especially right now with where we are, and especially with HBCUs. I mean, we did our story last week, right? Leonard talking about Dell State mm -hmm. and what's down there at Dell State and how they're setting records as far as enrollment is concerned because everybody wants to attend the HBCU now. And, um, you know, and Del and, you know, Dr. Tony Allen is doing such a great job in, in marketing that school and everything. I know if I look, I didn't even entertain. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Leonard, like Leonard said, we both went into the, we went to AI, both of us ended up, I went to AI, and of course it was mostly white when I went there, and, um, um, you know, and I only went there for one reason, after going to PS for three years, I only went there for one reason, and that was because I knew. Well, they had a great course, I, I know, I know, they yeah, had a great course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> after, after, look, after my mom nixed the whole thing about going to Florida, you know, Florida a and now I knew I was going to end up at a white school and I had to, I had to get around white people. I had never been around them like that, you know? And so I took the leap of faith and everybody thought I was crazy because I transferred my senior year of high school to go to AI, you know? So, but Hey, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't have made that move. I probably would have stayed where I was and ended up at one of these schools, the one of the HBCUs. So, but, but I'm glad to hear that the economy is doing well. And, uh, you know, most of these schools and I love watching, <clears throat> I love the fact that I'm able to turn on a TV now and be able to see these games every weekend. And it used to be that you would catch them on every now and then. And they would never show the halftime. If you, I don't know if you guys ever noticed, they would show, they would show the game, but they would never show the halftime. Mm -hmm. But they're showing the halftime and everything, so you get to see the bands and the battle of the bands and everything. So it's really cool. So, all right. Well, and and Dave, you know, I, I want to say something real quick too. Um, yeah. This this football season, and maybe the first time ever. Um. University of Delaware has played two HBCUs. They played Morgan State University. Uh, University of Delaware played Morgan State. And University of Delaware played Hampton, both here in Newark. So, you know, of course, Dell well, State, you know. They actually played three, Leonard. Oh, who else did they play? Dell State. 
Uh, I mean, Dell State, of course. But yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, so like three, I, that's the record right there. Three. They, yeah. they have played two in the past because I, when mm -hmm. I was in school, we played Morgan State and Dell State every year. So, mm -hmm. um, so, but you know, this is a, they, this might be a first that they played three of. Right. Okay. So, you know, so that's, that's pretty cool too, you know, that they've been able to do that. So Del Delaware State, uh, University of Delaware said, they, we better get on board with this, you know, because not, look, remember, they've been making all the money now. Del State's making, you know, anytime they play one of these schools, they're getting money too. So, right. you know, so right. that's, that's what it's all about. So, all right. Moving on to our next story. Um, why don't you tell us about that one? Yep. Right? So the next story, and I'll I, I just read the headlines and I'll kind of explain. Ohio cops accused of drowning. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'd have to laugh at the title. Hmm. Ohio cops no, accused of dressing patrol horses as KKK. <laughs> this is for Halloween. But sheriff argues that they were meant to be ghosts covered in white sheets oh my god with the holes cut out for their eyes so um unfortunately and i, I they I, I probably should have put it on the zoom so you and pamela in fact let me put it on here real quick just so you and pamela can see if you haven't already give me just one second to bring it up it's funny how it's funny how they're able to 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 legitimize uh, what they did huh Oh wow! Right. Okay. So basically, for anyone, for anyone who who wants to take a look, you can go ahead to National Black Guide and scroll back about a day or two ago on Instagram. So, plug right. Ball. That's National Black Guide is Leonard Young's page, by the way. Well, Dave, 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 I mean, it's not a shameless post because Pamela, every intro I say the same thing: CEO of National Black Guide. <laughs> <Black Guide. laughs> So okay, so, yeah. So um, so you can you can take a look at the screen, and I mean, just like they say, the horse the horses have white sheets covering them, That's white sheets over their head with their eyes cut out. Now for uh, Pamela and Dave, we'll go, we'll do a little blast from the past. This is what it looked like with the KKK horses. Exactly and the same. Yeah. So long story short, exactly. for any for anyone who's listening to us, the horses with the white sheets and the eyes cut out. I showed a picture of um, Ku Klux Klan Klansmen on horses in the '60s, and minus the Ku Klux Klan logos, the horses, the sheets on the horses in the Klan picture looked exactly the same as the sheets on the horses on the police picture. So. Um, somebody on social media said that police department must not have any black people on it because clearly one of the black people would say hey <laughs> just to let you know this look a little crazy maybe y'all shouldn't do it but you know even with that the the sheriff said that um, the kids had a great time so you know I don't know what that means but he <laughs> said they they really enjoyed uh, you know the the horses there. It was their kids, Leonard. They had. To <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, so th yeah. this is exactly what he said. The sheriff insisted local families enjoyed the ghost horses, 
and that they achieved their goal of bringing Halloween joy. Mm-mm-mm. Unbelievable. This is the world we live in, folks. Yeah. Uh, I, I you know, go ahead, Pam. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say that Halloween is an opportunity for the deviants to come out with a deviant right. behavior. So in a nutshell, they could truly stand a course in diversity. Because if you learn about respectability and diversity, you would understand that that behavior would be offensive to African-American people, bottom line. Just like wearing black for Halloween. It's the Mm -hmm. same concept. I saw a group of teenagers, same situation. They wore blackface and they got their 15 minutes of fame. They think this is funny. This is an opportunity for the deviants to come out and express themselves and no one can label them per se as doing anything wrong because this is all in fun. I'm dressing up for Halloween. What you are doing is disrespectful. It is insulting. And it is downright disrespectful to our heritage, what our forefathers fought for, and what we're still fighting for, which ultimately is equality and respect. It keeps what that word just keeps coming up tonight, respectability. And that's definitely lacking that. Agreed. Okay. Um, there was also a case in Chicago where there was a um, a high school student who came to school in a Hitler costume. And he did the Nazi salute. And uh, of course, he got suspended. It wasn't Kanye? <laughs> no, uh, Kanye's little cousin. Uh, okay. Little baby Kanye, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. All right. In fact, I think his cousin's name was uh, May Kyrie. Ray. Yeah, May Kyrie. Ray. <laughs> no, Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dave, Dave, I'm 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 not even trying to go there. Uh, no, you're not. I, 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 don't. Like I, I almost I put that in there, but I was like, that situation is so deep. But it's, on a it's, yeah, it's, Dave, we we would say that for like a Friday show or something. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a mess. Yeah, that that's what that is. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it's really a mess. But anyway, all right. Well, we're gonna move on from the white horses. <laughs> You know, you know, ghost, ghost horses that brought the kids the Halloween horses. joy. Yeah, that brought the kids Halloween joy. Okay, brought their kids Halloween. Joy. <laughs> That's what right. Um, you guys have been listening to news and trends with Dave and Len, and I'm um, well, it's my favorite time of the show. Now we're gonna bring up our last thing for tonight, which is uh, well. It's Leonard's really it's really Leonard's favorite time. He just doesn't like to say it, but he can't. He always says to me before the show, I can't wait to hear what you got to say about Dave. What you're going to say on Dave's corner today. Does he? So, yeah, that's yeah. So here it is, Leonard. You get to hear it. Okay. All right. Calm down. It's it's coming. Um, So Dave's corner where we get to ask, you know, a lot of philosophical questions and things that are about what's going on in the world today. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? David, you, you know uh, my you mouth. Doing? You know, I was trying okay. to move my screen. Uh, you know my mouse. Stop. Stop right now. Leonard, Leonard is trying to sabotage. All right, go ahead. People. It's all you, Dave. Okay. 
Okay, thank you. So this is today's question. Of course, the big thing going on in the world today is the Powerball. Okay. Going into tonight, Powerball was $1.9 billion. Think about that. $1.9 billion. You had the potential to win over $900 million after taxes. So you win this pot, you almost become a billionaire overnight. Okay? Um, you are... You, you are... You win, you you go to pick up the money, but you are instructed the one thing that has to that you have to do when you pick up the money. And that is you are instructed you had to do a charitable act with a quarter of your winnings. Okay, now of course I know you're already gonna be upset because you don't want to give up a quarter, but this is charitable act, a charitable act. What would that charitable act be? Now we're going to go to our guest first. So, Pam, you had to give up a quarter of your winnings for one charitable act. What do you think you would give that up for? I would donate to create a domestic violence slash um, safe keep, keep place where Anyone, whether it be male, female, teenager, old, young, could go as a safe haven if they were fleeing a domestic violence situation. That uh, facility would also encompass therapy. It would encompass a law team. And it would also empower them. So it would offer training so that they can educate themselves to get themselves back on track. So it would be sort of a one-stop way to literally rehabilitate the person. So that is what I would do with those funds. Okay, all right, nice. Okay. All right, here come the craziness, okay? All right, go ahead, Dave, it's all you. (laughs) Oh, you're talking about me, okay, okay. (laughs) See, Pam just Pam just said something very sensible. Let's see what you where you go with this. Okay. Dave, you are you Dave. I don't ever say nothing crazy to Dave Corner questions. You know that. Okay. All right. I know because it's your favorite segment. I get it. All right. So uh but what would you do, sir? What would you give up a quarter of your winnings for? So I think I would do a quarter of my win. Is this before taxes or after taxes? Well, this is after taxes because you get, like I said, in the question, it says you get over mm-hmm. $900 million after taxes. Remember that part of the question there? Yeah, I do. The only reason I say that because I think it's unfair for the government to automatically take their taxes out without seeing what type of deductions I can get first. But anyway, okay, so if I got a quarter million. <laughs> Did you just go there for real? Did no, but, 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 but hold on. But, but Dave, think about right. this. If businesses can deduct you know, take deductions on their taxes. Why are you going to take my money out first before I can get my, you know, so why can't I do deductions of 50% of my 1.9 million? Why are you going to take my 1.9 million first? Because most of the time, because most of you guys will not pay it when you're supposed to pay it. 
Okay. So I think with my with my um my chair my charitable act would be I'd probably set up some type of organization, almost like an after school program, maybe even a school program. Maybe I'll try to take that school from Dr. Umar in Wilmington. But I would probably look to set up a school where <clears throat> So kind of like the trade schools, how they can pick a trade, whether it be um, like nursing, cosmetology, you know, um, auto, business, IT. I would probably want to set up a school like that. And I probably want to do some some newer age technologies such as entrepreneurship, real estate, um, you know, just just different business opportunities like social media marketing, you know, just things that are a, a little more new age and business slash entrepreneur related. Okay. All right. What about you, David? You know, I had a couple of things going on in my mind. Well, you um, only get one. one. I know. One of them was uh you know, you just talked about the schools and that was that was something I had in my mind. So I'm gonna go with the other thing, which was first of all, I would um buy a building for my church that we can call our own, invest in a piece of property, put the church on that property, something that would be belong to the church, and also set up programs within the church to help in the community, whatever that community we might be in, um, with um, mentoring programs, home ownership, uh, teach about home ownership, um, you know, um, and generational wealth, and also being able to um, do the, the many types of counseling. Um, and and just being a pillar in the community, I would take take that money and set the church up with the with some type of uh, um, um, program dialogue in place that would say, okay, we got to have all of these things within the church, um, and that money would take care of everything. So that's probably what I would, that's probably what I would do. Okay. Okay. So, so we, let me see, we, uh, I said a quarter. So you figure a quarter of 900 million plus, you know, so that's going to be, uh, what, uh, about, about 220, 220. Yeah. 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 So that's not bad. Yeah, that should keep that should be able to keep all those programs that we just talked about. That should be able to keep those programs uh, to start those programs and to keep them going for a little bit anyway. Yeah, definitely. As long as long as money's coming into the program as well. Right. So you know. Um so yeah. Um I just it's funny while we were talking, I just checked to see if anybody hit it. Did anybody win it? Well, you know, it's not updated. That you know, because you automatically lose. I mean, no one, no one hit it because it updates right away. So that means somebody must have hit it because it still says the same numbers from the other day. 
So, so sometimes it will do that because um, the last three Powerballs that have been very high numbers, it the website either freezes or it crashes. You know, right? Because you know, so many people checking it trying to see if they won. Yeah, well, these these are the numbers from Saturday that are yeah, still. See, yeah. yeah, so, so I guess. Uh, uh, and it still says 1.9 so that either usually when i've seen that oh, they use what no the no 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 the numbers you see are from monday the seventh they're the same numbers from the other day not from saturday oh okay yeah, because, dave you're right yeah they, you're right yep, yeah yep. because that because i was talking about how crazy the numbers were how high they so you are Pam, Pam ain't saying nothing. Pam, did you play? No, I didn't. <laughs> uh huh. See, there you go. I knew it. That, it, it, it this, I, you, can tell, you can tell the people <laughs> who played because we're talking about it, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I just feel like I work so hard for my money. I I, I know. I, I know that. I know that's right, Pam. Because so, let me tell you, I day day on a yeah. Every time I lose, I'd be like, I work too hard for the damn money. <laughs> I was in the store the other day uh, buying, I, I bought like $20 worth, right? Guy walks in, uh, you know, older white guy, and he says, let me get a Powerball ticket. And the person at the counter said, uh, how many you want? He said, a ticket. <laughs> and the guy, guy looked at, that's all you wanted, just one ticket? He said, yeah. He said it only takes one to win. He said that's the ticket right there, <laughs> like that, right? Meanwhile, I got twenty dollars worth of tickets in my hand, and I'm like, this guy just came here, bought one ticket, and said, oh, he said you only need one to win. He said, and he looked at me because he heard me say twenty dollars. He said that's all you need is one ticket, <laughs> like that, right? So I said my luck it would be him to win, you know. So yeah, so yeah but i do I, look i already do pam, pam was quiet as all know what y'all folks and i was like i said i do i said pam ain't paid no tickets <laughs> so, so, so true so yeah true. <laughs> i well, barely i play when i do it's like really up there and i probably should have played uh, this, uh pam you can't get much up more up there know. than where it is right now. million not billion yeah <laughs> this is the highest jackpot ever Ever, wow. ever, yeah, and and think about it. You you guys remember the days that Delaware was like one of the few states you can play in um, Powerball? You know when Powerball yeah. first started, Delaware was one of the few states that you can play the Powerball. Oh, wow. So everybody in the surrounding neighborhood um, states would come to Delaware to play, and they yes. would have lines going out around the corner. <laughs> playing numbers before they made it they opened it up to other states do you remember seeing them lines i do yeah, i remember crazy yeah jersey coming over in droves yeah jersey maryland everybody was coming here and playing them numbers mm -hmm. so, and and it wasn't nothing like it is right now now you can walk into any place and play play a number anytime now you yeah, know, the the, yeah. the Wawas have vending machines where you can yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, a lot of places have the vending machines you can play. Mm -hmm. You know, so did you hear about the woman that that won the uh, hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah scratch off, and uh, she she scratched it off. She she got it up there um, on Capitol Trail. She scratched off the ticket, won a hundred thousand dollars. Went down to Dover to cash it. 
and stopped at another gas station. Her and her girlfriend took got another uh, scratch off ticket. One one three hundred thousand dollars. That's crazy. No. Hey. Yes, yes, yes. But <laughs> so she cashed in four hundred thousand dollars on on two tickets. Goodness. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. So. But you know the the fact is that she had her girlfriend go with her down to Dover. That girlfriend is going to be paid for life because <laughs> she went down there and went and and, and, and of course took the money anonymous anonymously. Didn't right. want anybody to know who she was, but the girlfriend knows who she is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so you she gonna have to pay that girlfriend to keep quiet all this time. That, so you know, so long, but, buddy. Yeah, I know that. So uh, I'm never taking. I wouldn't take Leonard down there with me. All right, <laughs> No, you know, I, I I need half. I need half <laughs> if I see you win. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, well, that's it, folks. That's our show for the night. We're gonna have Pam um give her contact information one more time. So, Pam, does uh want to do that as far as uh, your contact information for those that may want to get in touch with you? Yes. So, if you should have a need to reach out to me. If it is via Instagram, you can reach me at Whispers of a Black Butterfly. If you choose to reach me on Facebook, I am listed under Pamela G794. And you just put in that information and I will come up. Or you can just simply use my name, Pamela Brooks Grimes. If you want to be more intimate and you wish to send me an email, you can do so at Pamela G794 at gmail.com. Okay. All right. Well, I want to say we truly, truly enjoyed having you on today. And mm-hmm. thank you for being our anniversary, our one year anniversary guest. And, um, Truly, truly um, want to say it was awesome and it's truly a pleasure to have you on. Lynn, um, I know Lynn shares my sentiments, right, Lynn? I do. Thank, thank you, Pamela. And we, we appreciate the video. We appreciate all your input. And most of all, we, we appreciate you for listening to us. So thank you. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you uh, for for uh, spending uh, spending your time tuning into. And, you know, this crazy duel that we are and um, we really appreciate it. And like we appreciate everyone who's been hanging in with us for the last year. Um, we really appreciate you guys and all the new listeners as well. So um, are, are we going to play that song that I mentioned earlier? Uh, mm. On the way. And you didn't say you forgot that quick. Say, I did. Hey, I did. Get, get, are you going to queue it up or what? See, this Pam, I have to keep them on. This is this is the stuff I have to do, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh. All right, folks, make sure you it's tune incredible. in. Listen. Oh, here we go, uh, <laughs> uh, folks. Make sure you tune in on Friday for our weekend roundup, which comes on at six o'clock. Um, Friday. Here's the music I'm going to go out to you today. And for anyone who goes through this, knows what this song is. Because, you know, what does the song say? Do you know what today is? It's our anniversary, folks. You know, and that's 
we just want to make sure that you guys know that and again we appreciate it okay we're gonna let it get to the course and then we're gonna cut it out right yeah in fact dave you, you guys sing with the chorus since you no, are I, a singer I sing with, I, it, it ain't that kind of anniversary <laughs> so you know so. <laughs> there we go thank you again folks for, have a good night